0: Space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spy master director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back, live and living color, right here at uh, the studio, and we're uh, gonna talk to you about how not to get ripped off by a car dealer. In my uh, introduction. Uh, you uh, heard uh, about all the folks in the studio here. We've got a, a, a lot, wealth of knowledge here. I guess I've never added it up. Probably over a hundred years worth of automotive retail knowledge. And we've got the, uh, the type of knowledge that you need on a regular basis, which is how to repair and maintain your car without being taken advantage of. We've got Rick Kearney. And uh, he is extremely uh, knowledgeable on I I hate to use the word mechanic, I say the mechanics of the car, it's no longer mechanics, it's electronics and it's uh, digital, it's like everything else in the 21st century. Pretty complex and uh, a lot of this uh, COVID thing is creating an atmosphere of, I don't want to take my car into the uh, garage, I don't want to go into the dealership, I don't want to go into the independent service department, but I got this clicking, I got this noise, Rick is the guy to call, Rick Kearney. And you can call them at 877-960-9960. By the way, uh, this uh, show is going to be slanted a little bit more than normal to our female listeners. And I know you're out there, but uh, we're getting a little bit worried because we haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. And it's interesting. We were uh, at about 50% for a long time. And something's happened. Uh, we're not sure what it is. Hope it's not our fault. But uh, we love to hear from you, female listeners. And I'm going to turn the uh, mic over to Nancy, uh, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, in just a second. And we're going to tell you uh, again how much we'd appreciate your calls. It isn't it's just, it's, it's not an ego thing with us. We're not trying to, you know, have a uh, politically correct audience. All we want to do is be sure we reach everyone in the audience that needs advice. Now, there's some surveys out there that say that men need advice more, more than women. Uh, they say that women uh, take their time more. They do their research more. Uh, they don't tend to buy on emotion. Uh, men tend to buy, hey, I like that hot-looking red convertible. And they jump in there, and they sign on the dotted line, and they drive home. Women don't do that. Women take much longer to buy, and they study more. So it, possibly since <clears throat> you don't need your, your advice. And uh, whatever the reason, uh, the change bothered us a little bit. So uh, please consider calling. Uh, if you have an issue with your car about getting it fixed, for example, uh, that's the reason I gave Rick Kearney's uh, name and number, 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Um, we have an anonymous feedback Line that I don't think anybody has. We're kind of uh, unique in that. is really cool. You get, to, you go to youranonymousfeedback.com, and you can message us and say anything you want to. We cannot learn your identity. We don't know where you're from, who you are. We don't know numbers, telephone, email. We know nothing. We just know your question. If you choose to give us your name, which you know, even though it's anonymous, you could do that. But uh, we certainly don't ask you to. Uh, and if you feel a little bit embarrassed about a question, some people just don't like to uh, ask a question because they're f- afraid they'll sound stupid. And uh, the, the bottom line is, every time we get a question that you might feel was stupid, there's probably a thousand people out there who say, "Well, I'm glad they asked that question." But if you feel nervous about asking a question, your anonymousfeedback.com, and especially directed on this show today, we're especially directing this. To our female listeners, and uh, we have a female mystery shopper, and we brought the female mystery shopper. Uh, her code name is Agent Lightning. In fact, she did the mystery shop that we'll be talking about in the second half of the show. So, Agent Lightning is giving a a whole new uh, uh, you know idea of what happens to the average shopper. The average shopper is half female and half male. You have 50 percent buying cars are male and 50% female. So Agent Lightning is seeing uh, life and buying and servicing your car from the female perspective. So we're trying to put that spin on it and again, uh, if you're a female, if you're out there uh, consider calling the show with any comments you might have. Uh, let, me, let me turn the show over to uh, my co-host Nancy Stewart and uh, she has a segment that she uh, is going to play a recorded segment uh, that uh, she'll cue Mike in the control room to play it's about, about 60 seconds it's a little dialogue between her and the caller which sets the tone of the type of calls that would be interesting uh, if you felt like making them or would make them to the show so I'll turn the mic over to Nancy Stewart.
1: Good morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars we're here to have a great time with all of you and uh, I always let everybody know every week because it's important that you are a big part of the show and we really appreciate all your feedback uh i'm gonna get right to it and uh, first of all i want to congratulate the miami marlins can you imagine hiring the first female general manager wow the world is definitely changing uh women are definitely getting involved so uh, that takes me to my topic and i'm always interested in a, a, a shopping experience that uh, the ladies uh, may have had uh, whether it's negative or it's positive positive. and every week we offer the uh, ladies $50 the first two new lady callers uh, to the show give us a call with your experience or if you just want to say hi we would definitely appreciate it $50 for the first two new lady callers and that telephone number is 877-960-9960 and if you'd like to text us this morning you can do so at 772-497-6530 and uh as Earl said I do have uh, well it's a, a video that uh, we're going to play in just a moment and uh you know there there are so many ladies that i speak to uh, well let me retract so many ladies let me say a handful uh that are still being taken advantage of and even some guys out there uh, but they're just embarrassed uh they're 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 really embarrassed to share their story and i want to emphasize that um you don't necessarily have to you know identify yourself we do have www.youranonymousfeedback.com and you can just pour your heart out to me and you'd be helping so many other consumers. So with that said, uh, I'm going to ask Mike to go ahead and uh, roll that uh, video. We're so go Lori, who is calling us from uh, Tamarack. Welcome to the show, Lori. The reason I'm calling
2: Alan, Nancy was saying about females going to dealerships. I am not an expert on cars. I never claim to be, but I have a general idea as to what to ask, what to look for, or whatever. Um, Many, many years ago, I went into a dealership. My brother-in-law had a deal for me on a car. Can't take you to the dealership right now. He was working. Why don't you go in and just, you know, try the car out and see, and if you like it, you know, I can get you a deal on it. I went into a dealership, and I said, I'd like to, you know, see the car. I'd like to test drive it. You know what they said to me? Well, unless you're gonna buy today, you can't test drive it. I said, excuse me? (laughs) And they said, no, you know, it wasn't a rainy day. It wasn't a busy day. It wasn't a holiday weekend. The guy would not let me test drive the bloody car I was going to say I would buy it that day. So I said, okay, to let you know, every time I go by that dealership, I hear it advertised. Let's just say a few, say a few curse words. I will never deal with anybody in that area for that dealership. <clears throat> not to mention, I've told other people about that dealership, not to even go there. Is
1: this familiar it has happened so many times and uh, therefore it was uh, worthy of mentioning this morning just to remind you of uh, why we here at Earl Stewart on Cars is encouraging uh, everyone uh, to give us a call uh, and share their stories with us. As I said, if you don't want to identify yourself, your anonymousfeedback.com. And uh, in this climate today, in this uh, 21st century uh, unfortunately there are still uh, those dinosaurs out there that are working in the boys club and you may get taken advantage of and not want to share it because you're embarrassed well we have a way for you to do just that men and women www.youranonymousfeedback.com and don't forget fifty dollars for the first two new Lady callers, in addition to sharing your story. Well, uh, I'll mention this uh, later on in the show just to remind everybody. But right now, we are going to go to Howard, who's on line one. Good morning, Howard. Howard calls us from Jupiter.
3: Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're well, Very thank good. you. Good. Okay. Uh, <coughs> I just uh, was reading. Uh, um, something about the the metal fragments from an exploding airbag inflator. It killed the driver of an older Volvo. So this article was saying it's not a Takata uh, airbag. It's a ZF-TRW airbag. And uh, the inflator rupture caused the death of this guy driving a Volvo S60. And... uh, Volvo said it would replace the driver's airbag at no cost to customers. So I thought it was just a Takata airbag. Now, uh, Volvo has nothing to do with Takata, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, there's a connection. Um,
0: I read that, now, too. I read that, too, and that surprised a, me just like it surprised you. I didn't know that there was uh, other airbags out there that were doing the same thing. The article, I think, said that it had the same symptoms, same.
4: Yeah, there's a suit in California yeah, on this thing. Yeah. It's a German airbag. Okay.
3: Yeah. 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 But here's, here's the story. I was driving a, um, a 98 Toyota Camry, and on the visor it said, uh, you must inspect the airbag after 10 years. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure I, I remember that vividly. So now, if the airbag is more than 10 years old, I think all of them are not safe. What do you say to that?
0: You know, I think uh, we've discussed this on the show before, and I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, uh, it, it is a, uh, I think it's a uh, dangerous crack in the system that there isn't some rule on that. And I believe, with uh, Rick shaking his head, I think that, you know, if I come in and I've got a car and I say, I've had this car 10 years, please inspect my airbag, what would we do?
5: Well, Excuse the only question? thing that we could do is hook up a scan tool, see if there are any codes, and otherwise just a visual inspection. And even then, there's you can't even see the airbag without disassembling the dash. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking. And if there were an issue with the airbag, there would be a sensor that would warn you, and we would then take it. Yeah, hopefully. Well, but uh So the question is, uh, what do you do? At what point? Is it 10 years, 5 years, 20 years? Uh, there isn't any industrial guide as far as I know and I should though, I'm an automobile dealer and if I don't know, shame on me, but yeah, another glitch in the system I, uh, when you buy an old car, a lot of people are buying older and older cars mainly because they're more and more reliable and you can buy a car now with 200,000 miles on it and it can be a great car and you can keep it for another 200,000 mm-hmm. miles if you take good care of it but that car might be 20 years old by the time Sell it or scrap mm-hmm. it or whatever you're going to do, and what's the airbag like? Uh, it's an industry uh, glitch in the system. Well, and not to mention also the fact that
5: we're we mostly concentrate on that passenger front airbag. Yeah, there's right. also a driver's airbag. Of course, yeah. airbags in the seats, curtain airbags that come down on the side,
4: yeah. airbags for your knees. Has there been any research, like the studying, just at least to have some sort of a label on a car that says? Uh, this can expect to have a 15-year shelf life or a 10-year no, life. No. Yeah, I mean, they should have some research just so we would know.
0: Mm. Howard you just hit on another uh, serious problem and people just kind of ignore it? Um, I, you know, what does happen a lot of times with cars with defective airbags? They get exported, and uh, we have rules in this country. You have to have an airbag, uh, an operating airbag, uh, or you can't sell the car. It's illegal. Just like we have. Uh, crash rules in terms of this fender, this hood, uh, this bumper must qualify for the crash test. Uh, if, if you're going to South America or, or the Middle East or a lot of other places, uh, you can export a car and get a lot more money for it there than you can in the U.S.A. That will cover your shipping costs and then some.
3: Okay, I have a question for Rick. Rick, if I brought in a, a 1998 Camry, to you, and I said to you, uh, uh, please unhook the airbag. W- would you do that? Because it's safer without the airbag than with the airbag. What would you say to that?
5: Uh, I would put you in my service manager's office, and I would let him make the call on that because then due to call the me. liability <laughs> issues of yeah. it,
0: yeah.
5: I personally would not do it.
0: Oh, well, the answer is because of a, the liability. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's illegal. You know, you can't do that, and uh, it's uh, we can't. Uh, and we can't even uh, uh, adjust a seat. <laughs> I mean, you get, you're violating the National Highway Traffic Safety Association rules if you will modify a seat because it's part of the safety uh, uh, equation in a car. And if there's anything, if the, it's the ahead of the safety equation, it's the airbag. So uh, what, what, the only thing you can do is, uh, you know, if you have a, a, a passenger side, you could just don't have anybody ride in the passenger seat; have them ride in the back seat. But if you have a, uh, uh, if if you uh, request someone to take it out, you would probably have to take it to a, uh, a outlaw shop somewhere to do it. Yeah. good information. Okay,
3: thank you very much, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank uh, always you interesting know. calls. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Howard. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and again, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of it. Say whatever you want. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Well, we haven't talked to Stu about his function. Uh, Stu Stewart, my son, and general manager of uh, our dealership. Um, He's our cyber-spy master, and he is in charge of our secret agent, Lightning and Thunder. And uh, you, I, I got we, an we, idea. We got to get
4: Thunder back in the game.
0: Yeah, we got to get Thunder in. Uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you give him a little uh, preview? Uh, I think, you know, the, the sh- Mystery Shopping Report is probably the most listened to, watched, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, part of the show. Yeah. And it's at the end of the show and some people miss it. So uh, give them a, a synopsis of, uh, of our, you know, without letting too many of the exciting parts. Oh, right? I won't,
4: because I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this one. Because yeah. we've had, uh, the last four weeks, we had a, uh, a methodology in our mystery shopping reports. We just let Agent Lightning go in and just let the, the flow occur. Just Just get swept away by the sales process and see what happens. In the past, we would, you know, check out um, advertisements, and those are usually a little bit more exciting because there's a, uh, there's this uh, trick, there's a device we're trying to uncover. And well, I got really excited because we're flipping through the ads this week, and we saw one of those really big discounts. So it's a ten thousand dollars off a new uh, Chevy. And by the way, the 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 shopping target this week was um roger dean chevrolet in west palm beach and they've been around forever and i think you were friends with roger weren't you at some point
0: yeah he tried to get me to marry his daughter when i first started the business Oh, patty is that who was patty i can't remember which one he had two dollars but he was uh he was trying to he was trying to hook me up with his daughter i had explained to him i was already married
4: i'm glad because uh, that would have really (laughs) had a big effect on my life um but um Really big discount, and normally we look at these things like, okay, you see a big ten thousand dollars off. They're talking about it's going to be off a, a, a you know, F three fifty truck, some like hundred thousand dollar vehicle, but this was off a twenty two thousand dollar car, so it's practically half off. So when I saw that, I'm like, we got to send lightning into that. So we're not going to reveal what happens. You could probably predict uh, that she was not able to buy the car at the ad price, but. Uh, it's still really interesting to see how it's explained and, and how they get out of the promise in the ad. Yeah, I, it, it,
0: it, it's it's nice to get. Uh, it's a great contrast. We did Infinity of Stewart last week. Yeah. And that was a that was a refreshing. Uh, what was the average score? B. I th- B plus. <laughs> B plus. Yeah. I mean, just an extraordinarily clean, honest, transparent experience. And I can only say that this one was you might say the other end of the spectrum.
4: Oh yeah, I hope Linda's listening. Because if Linda's listening, <laughs> I'm, I know we're gonna be entertained by her grade.
0: Truly old school. It's, yeah. In a way, it's interesting to me because I see, you know, if that had happened 30 years ago, it would be SOP. Yeah. I mean, that was, in fact, Roger Dean Chevrolet, uh, you know, I don't wanna slander anybody, but there, was, there, were, there were comments when Roger Dean Chevrolet opened up many years ago. <coughs> Roger Dean, I believe, started in Ohio. And uh, he had a little problem, I think I, reported that he had a problem with the attorney general oh in the, in in uh, in Ohio, <laughs> and so he left and, uh, and started back in business down here and then he wasn't really a rough dealer he was uh no he, he spawned many other dealerships by taking in partners and uh but one of the things that sticks in if you've been around town for a long time uh was the it was a great, we had a, the, the Leaky TP, the West Palm Beach Auditorium. Mm-hmm. How many of you remember that? Yeah. And uh, they had a giant sale, which dealers didn't have at that time, and Roger Dean rented the entire West Palm Beach Auditorium <laughs> and he had a big sale there and, uh, and he advertised in the Palm Beach Post, which was the only advertising venue there. Might have done some TV but it was a long time ago. Uh, 50% off we're selling these cars at 50 percent off, <laughs> and because it was it, at that time, it was unique and it was extraordinary, and nobody had ever heard that before. And today, it wouldn't even you know blink an his- eye. But then, everybody said so. Thousands of people rushed in. The police came, <laughs> and there was a there was almost a, like a riot. They were directing traffic, and and they had to stop the sale. <laughs> and uh, and, and and he had to swear never to do it again. And I, I forgot all the <laughs> ramifications. But but he he was a he was a uh, what's the word? I can't use the word. I oh, have it in my mind. God. Wildcat. <laughs> he was a yeah. <laughs> like He was a wildcat. Is he still
4: advertising <laughs> in the paper?
0: Uh, oh yeah I, they were, I looked deliberately in the paper this morning he was in the Palm Beach Post I don't think but usually he is yeah. uh, once a week in you know, old school they yeah. can't,
4: he can't drop that habit last time we we mystery shopped him back in February yeah. um, he, they had a $17,000 off yeah. that, that was off a big uh, Silverado
0: truck yeah. and now Roger Dean Stadium I mean respectability yeah. and uh, you know his he, he's evolved. And, uh, well, it's funny when we talk you about
4: know, our dealers. Like, uh, you, you think of Napleton, Grico, and all that as the bad guys. Roger yeah. Dean, he seems like one of the good guys. But,
0: yeah, he, he got, but after that after that auditorium sale, I think he got frightened into, into a, tra- yeah. a little bit more transparency. Yeah. I
1: think we were a little bit frightened about 30 years ago out on Okeechobee Boulevard. And we were selling cars i think what was it a dollar or something or buy one get one free <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <a> liquidation <laughs> lot and store select cars yeah
1: i don't know hey Stu, yeah. there was one thing that was missing from the mystery shopping report what's that polyester suits uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know
4: that we could asked lightning she didn't she didn't report on what they're wearing other than uh, whether <laughs> uh, they were wearing a face mask we, or not.
1: <laughs> we went back in time with this mystery shopping report well stay you know, tuned um,
0: it'll be in the second half of the show and it will be a, an exciting report. They were uh, wearing white shoes, though, with gold buckles. Oh, oh really? <laughs>
1: no, Interesting. Um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was talking earlier about a, a call, uh, and we shared it on the air uh, about uh, a female that had uh, a young lady that had called me. And I'm going to remind you that if you didn't catch that portion of the show, uh, that uh, it's uh, we're we're uh, recording, and you can go to www.youtube.com on cars uh, or our par- podcast stitcher radio or AppleBot podcast uh 877-960-9960 or texas at 772-497-6530 don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com and we are going to go to dave in palm beach gardens good morning dave
6: yes good morning um I uh, had a question for you, and I think you may have addressed this once before, but it's about the Highlander uh, white paint job and something about the finish on it or something that was uh, raising questions about that particular color and maybe you shouldn't buy a Highlander in white. And, and I think you did address it, but I cannot remember what the outcome of that conversation was. Can you update that?
0: Well, Dave, they, um, there are several models that have been identified by Toyota and other manufacturers have these paint issues too. Unfortunately, the warranty is only three years or 36 months uh, on most cars on the paint finish, which is a, a crime, it should be better. Uh, and uh, then you, sometimes you have to battle them because of a lot of things are not covered by environmental fallout and things like that. Uh, but on your question of white, white is a chronic problem with some Toyotas. In fact, they're talking about expanding uh, the um, the um, models, and they know they have problems in some other models. Uh, Rick, Stu, help me out on uh, Prius hasn't been included yet, but it may be included. Right.
4: Uh, Either as Highlander yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are a little bit older models and what they did, they extended the warranty to 14 years from the original three. Yeah. Um, but they are adding different paint colors and different models to it. It's way too soon to tell if they're going to have the same problem on a current model. These are cars that are going back a few years. Well, but we,
0: we, found, we found out from our own personal experience that they are having problems on other models and uh, we believe Prius will be coming right. in. Oh, we knew that was yeah. in other
4: models and and, yeah. and also in other colors. Even blues and reds might get included into this extended warranty thing. Or so, I'm saying the more recent vehicles haven't been affected yet.
0: Yeah. If you have the problem, uh, then you can still uh, file the complaint with the dealer. The dealer can take it to the manufacturer and there's a good chance that you have it covered. So just because you don't see anything online about a paint problem on a particular uh, model you're driving or your your mm-hmm. model or color if you have something we call it the, the problem is that it's called delamination and the paint actually peels off and uh w- the way we test it and the way car dealers are supposed to test it is you take some uh, tape like uh, uh duct tape or or masking tape yeah, it's like masking tape masking tape and you put it on the put it on the horizontal surfaces of the car the roof the fender the hood uh, the deck lid, these are the ones that are getting the most direct uh, uh, ultraviolet rays from the sun leave it on for about <coughs> 10 minutes then peel it off, if the paint comes with it, you've got a problem I don't need to tell you that, hmm. bring it to the dealer uh, wh- you know, and say look, you know, I bought this car four years ago you know, and I got some tape on the car and I pulled it off And they'll call the manufacturer and there's a good chance they'll take care of it for you
1: great tip Okay,
6: so if uh, let me just follow up real quick, and let's say you've got a a used Highlander on your lot for sale. Uh, I purchased that vehicle, and uh, would you, before I purchased it, would you be able to perform that test to know, uh, to give me confidence as a consumer that I would be purchasing a vehicle that you know was not problematic in that respect, and then if I and then if it was okay, and I did buy it. And then something happens a year down the road, and all of a sudden it becomes uh, uh, a situation that becomes, you know, if I perform that same test and the paint started to peel or whatever, could I bring that back to Earl Store Toyota for you to address that uh, in a way that, you know, solves that problem, whether it be a new paint job or whatever would be available at the time.
4: The only problem with that is that the Highlander isn't covered under this um, campaign at all right now. Now it could in the future um, so it would be kind of a risky move to try and rip off paint and then have no ability to have Toyota pay for it.
0: Again uh, this is speculative on my part to some extent but I I know the manufacturers, I know Toyota especially well but if you have a defective paint on a uh, relatively late model car, I'm not talking about a uh, you know, 2000 car, 20 years old, but if you have a car that's out of warranty and, and you, you were to perform the tape test and the paint peeled, there's a very good chance you would get uh, help from the manufacturer to have that paint repaired, even though it wasn't named. We know, for example, now that we're, we're experiencing complaints on the Prius, the white Prius, but it's not covered yet. Yeah.
4: Uh, the, the other thing with the tape test, um, it's not applied. It's, it's only applied on an area that looks like there's some appealing or bubbling. There's some you can see that there's something going wrong, and then they want to see if that paint comes off. Um, if it's the car looks fine, um, no one's putting tape on the car and trying to see if the paint. It's, usually, you'll start to see a bubbling, some indication that something's going wrong, and then the tape test will will reveal that it's like yeah. extensive. Well, I,
0: yeah. again, I hate to disagree with my son on, on live radio, but I think if if you if you have a concern. And you put a piece of tape on the car, and and you leave it on for 10 minutes and pull it off, and you have someone witness that, and the paint comes off. Then I think you would be, you should, you should actually uh, be covered um, by the manufacturer. Rick, video record it.
5: Yeah. Have your phone out and record video yeah. when you're doing that test. Yeah. That Why, way well, you've got proof yeah. that yeah. Well, Dan's yeah, question done. if
0: he's buying the car you're buying the car, then do, ask that that be done as a condition of, of buying the car, and if it's clean and everything's okay, then you'll, you'll be satisfied. I, I still maintain my the position
4: that you're possibly da- damaging the car. So if you put, apply tape, it's not the proper tape. I guess if you have the body shop do it the way they do it, but if you, you know, rip the paint off the car, you yeah, might be we're, risking We're talking quarantine. about, we're Earl, talking about let, masking tape, well, yeah.
1: Let me ask you this. Uh, does the weather affect this test? Do you have to have your car in the garage, um, out of the sun, uh, whatever? Does no. that Does that affect it? No. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, Dave, I hope we didn't confuse you. I, I'm confused now, but.
6: Uh, uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You oh. addressing that problem and you know i noticed you had a couple of very nice uh, uh white ones uh, on the lot actually as i was uh online yeah. and you know what one thing that it immediately pops into a consumer's mind uh, when they're looking at a vehicle with very low mileage and it's a very late model and it's beautiful uh you, you say why would someone get rid of that car yeah. when it's not uh, a lease period that has expired yeah. it's very low mileage it looks beautiful and it's not even, it's even way lower than a normal uh, annual rate of miles to be put on a vehicle. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you just have to ask, yourself, why, why would someone do that when you have to invest X amount of dollars to begin with? Yeah. And then when you trade, you're never going to, you know, come out on top in that respect. So it's just, you know, I, I don't, do the salesman know anything about the story oh, about sure. the vehicle that you may be interested in?
0: Sure, that's a great question. That and you should always you? ask. You should always ask to speak to the previous owner. You should do a Carfax report, and the one thing I recommend—I don't care what how late model a car is—always have it checked out by an independent mechanic. It's just the older the car, the more important that is. But uh, you say a late model car? Why do they trade it in? I'd want an answer to that. Best way to get the answer is call the previous owner. Uh, you could ask the salesman, but you might not get an accurate answer. Uh, but uh, used cars are a great value, but you got to do your homework. You got to to the Carfax reports. You're going to have an independent mechanic check it out. Uh, you can see the previous repair history on Carfax. Now, it used to be it was just damage to a car, but now you can actually see the repair maintenance history. Rick? If you write down the VIN, the vehicle
5: identification number, and go to the manufacturer of that car, a dealership for that model, quite often they can run a service history and tell you, yeah, this car was very well maintained, yeah and it gets much more in depth to show you what parts that's, were put in that's a great and idea. what services were done.
0: That's a great idea. With, uh, now, Right now, the manufacturers, when they repair a car, the VIN number goes into the, the database for every Ford in the United States. And as long as they take it into a Ford dealer for their maintenance, it'll appear in the, in, the, in the database. So there are a lot of ways you can check on the history of a used car, and you should take a lot longer checking out a used car than a new car, obviously.
6: Okay, well, how would one get in touch with the previous owner that was, say, uh, on your lot for sale? You, you might be very interested, but, you know, you had some questions.
0: Well, you how, can't, always, how would you, you can't uh, always do that, but the dealer should tell you, and then the dealer well, probably would respectfully check with the previous owner. Right,
4: you would ask. Just ask the salesperson, and uh, they can find out, and they can call them on your behalf and see if it's okay.
6: Okay, all right, great that makes sense well, well, that I you sound, uh,
0: yeah' you're, you're a very careful guy and you're a very smart guy. I wish more people thought like you before they bought a used car it wouldn't be nearly as much trouble out there afterwards so you're 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 thinking right
6: well you know I remember you saying uh, at one point that you you really don't need to be that concerned about buying a used vehicle as a matter of fact, I think you said you would you would probably buy a used one as opposed to a new one because of the depreciation, no. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the, the mileage factor of having uh, a used car for sale that on your lot that might have 20, 30, 35,000 miles on it even is not really a big risk or a gamble because of the longevity or the quality no. uh, of, say, the engine or the, the you know mechanic, mechanics no. of the vehicle. No. Uh, so not, not to really be worried to the extent that you know, you're going to pass that up and have to be forced to go
0: buy a new one. Yeah, and you're then right.
6: suffer, you yeah, know, You're on the right track,
0: Dave. Dave, call again. And uh, thanks so much for uh, that question. A lot of people were thinking the same yeah. thing you were. Please call again. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Appreciate, Appreciate call.
7: it. Thank, thanks
1: much. Thank huh? you, Dave. Bye bye. Great call. Um, we love our educated consumers, uh, the listeners. It's, uh, it's great. And Dave's been listening to the show, obviously his conversation uh, give us a call tool free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and you know linda was asking about the pearl white um she thinks that that's the way to go
0: well it's you know these are the pearl white that are appealing too. yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't, look, it'll, it'll it'll looks nicer. you can't go on basis of the name of the color it's just a of uh, the question uh, we talked before about going to chat rooms uh, going online. Uh, chances are if you if, if you have a peeling problem, maybe somebody else did. So it's a, a lot of it is uh, research and homework and being careful. That's all. And my question, my, my, my point is this, if you have the problem, you've got to ask for help. No one's going to say, I heard you had a problem. I want to paint your car for you. You've gotta go, you're going to have to go to the dealership. You're going to have to go to the manufacturer and you're going to have to be firm and uh when you do that we found in our experience if you're firm about it uh not abusive or confrontational but firm and show them the proof then they're going to help you and take care of it so um we don't want to make a bigger problem out of this than it is most of the painted cars out there are doing just fine
1: yeah just reach out hey yeah. uh let's have some fun and talk about uh an announcement that we made a couple of weeks ago and that was about earl's vigilantes yeah. Would you like to comment on that?
0: Well, I'll ask Stu to comment on that. Do we have any more? We've people? had a few
4: more. Um, our, uh, shoot, I don't have the website up, but we've expanded our states. Now we have uh, Michigan. Oh. Um, we have New Jersey. We have uh, Tennessee. Um, we're starting to build up a backlog here in Florida, but that's only national because we're based down here. So we have, I think, five or six in Florida. Uh, so we're over a dozen now. Um, but keep, uh, keep them coming. If you're interested in helping out people in your community, Go to earlsvigilantes.com and click on uh, the button that says volunteer or I want to help and, uh, and just sign up. All we do is we post your name, your email address, and we just ask you to uh, just let us know a little bit about your background and why you think you can help out your uh, local consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just came in the studio. Just kidding. <laughs> we have an audio thing coming through here.
8: Something comes from somewhere. <laughs>
4: Humor, right. making me laugh? It's our laugh track. Because I'm oh. funny. They oh. just thought it was just natural to have a laugh track. Oh. Um, but yeah, EarlVigilantes.com. Sign up today.
1: Yeah, it sounds real good. You can really help out, you know, other consumers in your community. And uh, there's a lot more educated, uh, well, and informed people out there that can help out with Earl's Vigilantes. Now back to the recovering de- car dealer.
0: I think we've probably got some text uh, and <laughs> Facebook and uh, YouTube, don't we? Yeah,
5: Once we start with Rick? Uh, right now, I've got nothing showing up, actually. Rick, uh,
1: I'm going I'm to have to uh, interrupt you. Uh, I see that Jay's been holding from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Jay.
9: Good morning, guys. Um, I have a simple question. How often should you start your car or drive it? I didn't drive it for six days, and I had AAA come out, and they said they'll charge it, but I'd have to drive to Jacksonville to get a full charge. They wanted me to take it to a... a the car place and get my battery charged and is it better to use to drive it or just let it sit and run for a, a half
0: an hour? Well Rick can answer that
5: question. He's heard it before. The best is to actually drive it because when the car sits your tires all the way to sitting on the the one spot on the tire and they'll develop what's called flat spots. So then when you do start driving the car again, you'll get this horrible vibration for a while until that kind of smooths itself out it, it will fix itself as the tires heat up the flat spots will straighten back out but the best thing is to go out for a nice leisurely drive somewhere uh, just something that gets you up around 35-40 miles an hour and a good half hour say about every other day if you can or every two or three days and, and if highway
9: you, driving is better than city driving
5: yeah because it's a nice smooth easy uh, drive on the highway it gets the best charge back to the battery and the engine actually runs a lot smoother and you get better fuel economy running at that. Now if you can't do that, if you do have to have the car just kind of sit I recommend a battery charger called a trickle charger and what this does is it connects to the battery, you plug it into an electrical outlet and it actually puts just a very small charge into the battery continuously so your battery never gets run down.
9: And is it all the electronics that run the battery
5: down? Yeah, because the computers in the car are still drawing a little bit of power, even while the car's off. It's keeping the memory alive for the radio, the computer systems, and the various electronics in the car.
9: Well, I've been driving from Boynton to the airport around the loop there and then back on ninety five, so
5: <laughs> That's a good run. Yeah, about every about every yeah. two or three days I would do that.
9: And if I keep driving it, will it recharge eventually every day or something? Or do I need to bring it into a place and have it charged for like eight hours?
5: No, if you if you get it charged up, you know, from driving, it will the charge will come back unless there's a problem with the battery. And even if they, you know, if you were to go somewhere to have it charge, they'd really only need to charge it for about three or four hours at the most.
9: Okay. All right. Thank you so much. That's very helpful. I'll just start, you know, driving it more. Yeah,
1: you're very Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. Bye. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and we'd love to hear from you from www.youranonymousfeedback.com your dot com. Now back to Rick.
5: Uh, we're caught up at the moment
0: for YouTube. Okay. I was going to say that uh, Jay's question is a another very good question because people are not using their cars as much, and I've. You know in our household uh you know we we don't use our cars as much and you know people are just not so it's a good idea yeah. to uh to uh, take it out and exercise your car a couple of times a week and you never know it's going to be could be an emergency you got to get to the hospital absolutely you get to the doctor yeah. and your car won't start yeah. that's uh, pretty frustrating
1: i learned by experience my car was dead yeah. and i just never realized that that would happen and now i do you know take Take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, I th- I believe that Stu is ready. Um, excuse me, Stu. <laughs> Warren is on the phone from Pompano. Good morning, Warren. Good morning.
10: How are you today?
1: Great, thank you.
10: Uh, okay, my question is, uh, it's funny really because you were mentioning about the paint job. My co- I met my cousin last night. He's still up in northern New Jersey. I'm coming down right after Thanksgiving. And I don't know whether he got a recall notice or he read about it. I'm not sure about the paint job. And he's got a white Toyota Camry, and he said that they he's going to bring it in and they're going to repaint it. It's about 10 years old. But the question I had, if it does come to that, is that it's banged up. And obviously if they repaint it, they're not going to fix the the bang-ups on it. What does he do? He just goes to a, you know, to somebody to get all the uh, you know, bangs out of it or whatever and then they repaint it
11: because they're not going to fix it if they just repaint
0: it. What would he do in that case? Well, should, that's probably what he should do. You would have to pay, of course, for the uh, hammer and the dents out and uh, but you could still repaint it with a dents but it wouldn't be uh, the right thing to do. You you could have yourself basically a new new looking car. You get the dents fixed and then you get a free paint job which you'd normally the paint job normally costs around $4,000 so it's a great value, even if you have to pay a few hundred dollars to get the dents pounded out.
10: Oh, okay. And the question is, do you know? Like I said, he lives up here in northern New Jersey. Did, did was it was a recall, or you just read about it? Because he he asked me last night. Because well, you you listen to that show, and I just wanted to ask you. He said you know, they said they're going to. You know, I think Toyota's about 10 years old.
0: Okay. It's not a I'm recall. Sure. It's a. It's a, uh, warranty extension yeah, it's, it's a notice yeah. uh, that they send out and they say to the dealer whether it's a Honda or whatever model's having it uh, delamination is the most common problem meaning the paint just peels so it's a defect yeah. when they painted the car they did something wrong
4: They talk, technically it's a customer support program yeah
0: and uh, okay. yeah. you're not going to get your car painted uh, if you have uh, an old car that's faded in the son after 15 or 20 years, but these cars we're talking about, the good paint that should be good peels off and uh, the way that you test it is with a tape test, you put the masking tape, tape on. When a customer comes into our dealership, we put the masking tape on the area that uh, would look so, most likely to peel, it looks suspicious, and uh, we leave it there for 10 or 15 minutes and we peel it off. If the paint comes off with a tape, you have a problem. We take this information. We give it to Toyota. Toyota says, go ahead and paint the car. And that's the process.
10: Well, let me just ask this last question. If he gets the dings and he's got a pretty big bang in the the back uh, on the side, on the fender there, uh, when the guy does it or somebody does it, aren't aren't they going to ask, will we repaint it? Like, like, what do you tell the person who's going to repair the car? That's all right. If you fix it and still the paint comes off, you know, that's the thing that – be puzzling. Like, what do you tell the person who's fixing the demons and the bangs on it?
0: Well, they're not going to fix the bangs unless you ask them to, and they're going well, to suggest
10: it. If he brings it to somebody, it to somebody else, no, first, in the first, other words, to, you know, to some you know uh, repair place who, who'll do those things. Oh, I see what I you are What he tell you?
7: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I'd be a little bit careful about that uh, because you, you don't want to. You don't want to have a situation where when they hammer the dent out, they could say, well, you know, you, you damaged the paint when you hammer the dent out. And, uh, yeah, if, that's I yeah, I would, I would be sure that I would let, I would let the dealership do the, the dent repair because they're the ones that got the approval and they're going to vouch for you that, you know, we didn't bang the car up. We just did the dent at your request. You paid us for it. And then we painted it under the manufacturer coverage.
10: Okay, because he asked me about that yesterday, and I sort of gave him yeah. the same answer you did. Yeah. He said, I don't recommend you going to a second party and bang it out, because then the dealer will say, well, look at the damage. Yeah, right, this right. guy did it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, and
10: I'm not, not going to touch it. Okay, thank you, guys. Very thank you, much. Jay.
0: appreciate
1: it. You're welcome, Warren. Give okay. us a call again. Thank you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, ladies, really, if you have something to say and uh, you just want to remain anonymous, you too can take advantage of that, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And don't forget, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now we're going to go to Stu. Stu.
4: We got some interesting information from Eric on Facebook about Roger Dean. We were just talking about Roger Dean Mm -hmm. earlier in the show. He said, a while back, Roger Dean Buick GMC in Fort Pierce was sold to Garber Automotive Group. Also, Wallace Automotive Group purchased the Roger Dean Chevrolet and Stewart. Uh, Mm -hmm. The old dealership was demolished, and Wallace built a new building there. And also, he said, Bev Smith Kia in Fort Pierce told me when I was there for service that my problem with my paint on my 2014 Kia... Soul was not covered by any warranty so it doesn't look like kia is doing the same thing that toyota and some of the other manufacturers are
0: yeah i would say don't trust besmith kia take it to another kia dealership or even contact kia directly to be sure uh, it would be interesting to see uh, or hear the age of the car and, and uh, you know
4: It'd and also be interesting to know if Best Smith kia and i don't know this um if they have a if they have a, b- a body shop or a collision repair center there uh, it might be too much trouble for them to refer this out to a, a, a body shop that can handle the, uh, excellent, the paintwork.
0: Excellent point. Let me uh, let me say this. <clears throat> uh, great point. Strangely enough, this is in, insider knowledge most people don't know. Most car dealerships today don't have body shops, and uh, it's a not as a profitable uh, division as a used car department or service department, and most dealerships just have the heck with it it's not worth it. So, there are still dealerships that have body shops, and uh, you, if you're going to have a paint problem under warranty or goodwill repaired, okay by the manufacturer, you're better off to take it to the dealer that does have the body shop, simply because uh, they are more expertise in fixing a Honda. You have a Honda dealer with a body shop, if you take it to Joe's paint shop, you might not get the job done right, and uh and i think there could be some issues with the manufacturer they want to be sure that that they get what they're paying for they want if they're going to give somebody four thousand dollars to paint your car they don't want to get a one thousand dollar paint job so try to find the dealer that has a certified paint shop Mm -hmm. collision center they call them now body shop that's
4: right because the guys that don't, they just send them out to, uh, to another body shop. Yeah. And you never know what you're going
0: to get. And they might not want, want to be worth the trouble. Right. As you are saying, your point was about Smith Kia. They don't want to be bothered because i got all the paperwork. I'm not making money off this. I'd have to tell you, I'd have to send it to a, a body shop and handle the supplement And I'm not getting paid for that. A lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. Yeah. Of paperwork, yeah. So.
1: And yes, you know, yeah. and back in the day, boy, I'll tell you what. You want to depreciate your car? Go head over to Joe's and see what happens whenever it's time to trade but that I, car in.
4: I can report that uh, Bev Smith Kia does have a body shop, so the, the, the point in this case is moot. Okay. They just, uh, who knows? what. Who, well, I still
0: check one. with another Kia dealer. I check with Kia. There might be, maybe they just, you know, a lot of things we accuse dealers of doing because they're conniving is just because they're just not informed. And, uh, you know, dealers are not all crooked, and they are always trying to take advantage of it. Sometimes they just give you misinformation because they don't know. And uh, so you go to another dealer and you uh, it's likely to go to another doctor. You get a second opinion, you get a third opinion. If you've got something expensive like a paint job, mm-hmm. uh, get a second or third opinion.
1: Yep. Great information. Uh, we are going to excuse Sue for a moment and we're going to go to Palm Beach Gardens where Mark is holding. Good morning, Mark.
12: Good morning, everyone. Um, being as uh, paint department is my specialty and my work experience. Um, I just wanted to say a couple of things about uh, Earl's 100% right. Especially him being a dealer owner, is that uh, the body shop department is the least profitable, and most uh, dealerships that have them today, it's more of a customer service, uh, you know, a service to the customer by having a collision center rather than a profitability department. Um, second thing, uh, a couple of people talked about having repairs done prior to a warranty paint job. You definitely want to have it done at whoever's doing the paint work. Otherwise, they won't guarantee any work that is over the top of somebody else's repairs. Good point. You know, if you go to another repair facility and they fix your dents and your scratches to prep it for a good paint job, you know, as close to factory as it can get, um, they're going to say, hey, uh, we're not going to cover adhesion to those repairs because of somebody else's primer. They may not have prepped the surface properly or sanded it properly. Mm -hmm. So they're going to put a top coat over it, but they're going to tell you, hey, our work is not guaranteeable because someone else has done the work. If we do the work, we can stand behind it more so than if someone else does the work. Um, and thirdly, paint the lamination. Uh, I tuned in unfortunately late, bro, right in the middle when you guys were talking about this subject. But, you know, when you go to prove to a, a factory rep lamination, um, yeah, you know, I, I would understand Alan Again, the gang going ahead and proving that with the tape test. But if somebody just does it in their own front yard, and gets your neighbor and says, hey, or hold the camera. No. And they put a piece of tape over the paint and go, hey, let's see if this stuff feels. And then it comes up with the tape. And then you go into the dealer and say, hey, look, I've got a delamination problem. Well, the factory reps gonna sit back and say... Hey, you know, uh Yeah, that was my I point. <laughs> that's, that's all I yeah, was saying. I, was I like... agree with you, Stu. I agree with you, Stu. <laughs> but but, but Earl's know. point, have
4: the body shop department do it, if they and they say this is that's something you. we should do. Yeah, yeah
12: that's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way you could do it. Otherwise, the factory, factory rep is going to be uh, super crucial in my 37 years of uh, dealing with factory reps is they're going to look, uh, and maybe it's different with different manufacturers, but they're going to look for any excuse to try not to cover um, a problem like that unless, you know, it's within a warranty period or close thereafter. But a 10-year-old vehicle, they're going to try to get out of pain for that every day if they can. Sure. So, anyway, those are the three areas that I just wanted to comment. And, unfortunately, like I say, I apologize for not getting into the conversation earlier, but I did a little sleeping in. I'm prepping to go into the hospital for a couple of weeks, so... I didn't get to tune in until a little bit a little bit too late. So. Well, you sound good. Are, anyway, you okay? Are
0: you okay now, Mark?
12: Well, I got a major infection with my amputee. I'm a double amputee, and I got an infection in my system that's attacking my amputations. So I got to go in for therapy. But it could be a week. It could be a month
0: so who knows I'll still be be
12: talking to you on Saturdays and I'll still be talking to you at sunrise Well, well, have a great day Yeah,
1: Mark I want to tell you that you're a man of experience and you're funny and uh, God bless you you. with your (laughs) procedures and please give us a call again and thank you for joining us on the International Sunrise
12: yeah I'm I'm glad to be uh, one of the vigilantes but uh, hey in today's world, if you can't smile, you got a problem. So have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, Mark.
1: Thanks. Thank you very yeah. much. Bye bye. I think we better get back to Stu immediately. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh before we get I'm gonna get Anne Marie's text, Anne-Marie texted in, but I thought this was kinda of funny. I don't know if Earl can see his background. It says Earl, your background is pretty spooky. I'm worried that the Headless Horseman is going to sneak up on you. <laughs> you I, have can a,
0: see, I can't see the background, so I don't know what's going it's on. It's all green.
4: Uh, huh. No, it's it's just some winter, winter wintry-looking roads, some, uh, oh, some trees, a okay. little, little misty. <laughs> 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 I, always get it. I think it's the same person who keeps commenting on the background. There. Like I love those a, autumn leaves. I would like a Wild Wild West
0: <laughs> background. Can we do that? Uh, John can put anything
4: behind you. Be I careful. I want to be, uh, yeah. All right. Okay, let's jump over to Anne-Marie's text. Um, Good morning. Dealerships are the hallmark of American automotive industry. Customers can buy and get their vehicles maintained at at a dealer. If a Toyota, Ford, Chevy, Volkswagen, Honda, etc. has a recall, the vehicle's owner can just bring it to the dealer, assuming the parts are available, and get the vehicle fixed. Tesla has a different business model. They have showrooms rather than the usual dealership. Their cars are gorgeous, but they are machines and machines can develop problems. I can't help, can't help, help but wonder what would, tell us, what would a Tesla owner do if Tesla had a recall? Where and how would it get fixed? Just wondering, and that's Sam Marie.
0: Well, they do have a network of, of dealerships, and, uh, and there's one on, uh, what is it, uh, Blue Aaron Boulevard? Or mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been by there. Uh, they have a showroom in the Gardens Mall. Or the Gardens Mall. Uh, yeah, Gardens Mall. Uh, so they are available, and uh, uh, I think I think they've got it. They've got it pretty much covered.
4: I think that if there's a problem, there is a pickup and delivery. They will give you a loaner to use, and they take the car back, ship it back to the to the plant for repairs. But like Anne Marie said, there's not there's a lot less that can go wrong on a on a Tesla. Uh, a lot of the problems they would have would be software related, and a lot of those things would be delivered over yeah. the air.
0: Well, if, if the dealership on Blue Heron Boulevard, I might have that. It's in that area. I
4: think it's just a service area. They so have a yeah. service department, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they fix it right. Yeah. I still don't know how widespread those are. Yeah. Okay, uh, Robert. In an, oh, we do we have a call?
1: We do. Okay. We have a call from Palm City, and that's John, hey. a regular caller. Good morning, John.
13: Good morning to everyone. I want to speak about off-road vehicles that people can use every day. were on a tremendous increase. Before we mount, number one is the Jeep Wrangler, and then Ford uh, announced the Bronco. In July, yeah. and so far they have 165,000 deposits. Mm. They said they'll sell 200,000 next year, wow. and it's an amazing vehicle for one reason: you can take off if it's a two-door or four-door. You can totally remove the doors. You can even take the roof off. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. yeah, and Land Rover now came back now after 23 years. The Defender that's returning with them. And you've seen the new ads. It's crazy. It's probably 100000 plus for the new Hummer. Crazy. 1,000 horsepower. The GMC is spending so much money. You see it all over TV, the ads for that. But, boy, that sure must be an expensive vehicle. So they seem to be a tremendous increase in uh, demand for these off-road vehicles. I, I live in western uh, Mon County, and that's two or three acres that people have. And land where they can use them, especially if they go to Okeechobee, but it's a tremendous um, increase on these off-road vehicles, and I think one of the hottest announcements is Ford coming back with the Bronco, and the basic price on the Bronco was $28,000, so uh, just by the amount of deposits they have on the car, it looks like it's a winner.
0: John, I think a lot of those other- off-road vehicles are popular because... They look cool. I just, I have a feeling that most of them are never driven off-road, and it's kind of like a pickup trucks. you know, when you're going down the road, how often do you see anything in the back of a pickup truck? They, people buy cars for emotional reasons and, and because they look good in the cars, and, uh, you know, uh, of course, I, I, I don't drive off-road, so if they're out there, I don't see them. But uh, <laughs> how do, do you, you know what's going on? Uh, is anybody, every, any, every once in a while. Anybody he does. out there with off road vehicle, <laughs> call the show and let us know if you've ever driven it off road. Well,
4: I can speak to that, and I'm sure Rick can. Um, our, our sales manager, Jason Lady, uh, he has a Four x four Tacoma, oh, and that's exactly. that's part of his uh, weekend recreation. He yeah. takes it out to these uh, muddy areas and just has a lot of fun.
0: Well, I think that's the exception. I just don't think. I don't know. There's,
4: there's a whole. I'm telling you, there's a, a whole cold. community out there. Yeah. Right. Maybe Rick probably know. doesn't do it. I agree
13: with you. I see them running around, but they're always clean. Yeah. So How much can they be using <laughs> them off road? Well, it's like a <laughs> boater. You know, you, you <laughs> take I your boat out of the water,
4: this. you hose it down. You do the same thing with your truck.
13: Yeah. Right. The SUVs which you see uh, in your sales department. I mean, even the municipalities a couple of years ago got smart, and for the police cars, they buy nothing but the SUVs instead of regular four-door sedans, and probably because of the resale. I mean, myself, I wouldn't really buy a used police SUV, Uh, although on the Florida title, they have to show that it was used as a taxicab or a police car. But I just can't see, even though it's cheaper, a car that was run so hard... Some of them around the clock will run 24 hours, and they do appear on, you'll see them on used car lots. You usually can tell them because they have the different brakes on them, and they're not great on gas because they have a uh, more powerful engine, and uh, I I just, um, it's my opinion, even though you can buy them cheaper, I just can't see buying a used SUV that's for only a police car. Your opinion?
0: I agree, depending on the police car, it might be maybe Palm Beach or Jupiter Island police car. Probably not too many high-speed chases.
13: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) You're right. It's true. If it's a a municipal or town, it's probably better than one that was used like a highway patrol. Yeah,
0: Los Angeles would be a different story.
13: One other suggestion, too, on the mystery shoppering. It's not that far away. If you go over to Okeechobee, which is northwest of uh, West Palm Beach, uh, there's the dealership. I think most of them are owned by one person. And then you go north of that, Sebring, it looks to me like going to that town. (coughs) Every car dealer, it's like a Wallace Plus. It's owned by one family. So if I could just make a suggestion, it's really not that far away to the future. If we could have mystery shopping reports, for those particular towns, Okeechobee yeah. and Sebring.
0: That's not a bad idea. Yeah. What's What's the deal over there in Sebring? Jay something? Yeah, uh,
4: Jay. Um, gosh, you got me on that one. He, I,
0: I, I, I ran for Toyota uh, dealer council, and I... He eked me out, and I was the alternate.
1: You know, that's it's right on the tip of my tongue. And there's been so com- – I have talked to so many people up there because I have some relatives up there that have complained about uh, this dealer who has several okay, well, dealerships. Okay, we're, we're going to shop him.
0: That's Alan a good Jack. idea. It's Alan I think Jack. he owns every that's dealership it.
13: in the town. That's
0: yeah.
1: it, Alan Jack. Great idea,
0: John. We'll,
4: we'll, Alan, we'll, that's
13: him. Yeah. We'll, we'll every that. call you see running around has his sticker on it, no matter what the <laughs> brand name uh,
4: is. will be there. You don't have to give me an excuse. Okay. We, need, we need a... Oh, no, I,
0: Okay. He ran against me Great. for uh dealer of the year, F-A-D-A, dealer of the... year oh, the time dealer award. That's what it was, yeah. He beat me up. I'm All gonna right. Get, I'm going to get even with him now.
13: Just keep an eye on the Broncos. It looks <laughs> like they got a hot number.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow. Thanks, Thanks. so much, John. Everybody remembers
13: the O.J. Simpson Bronco on the TV.
1: <laughs>
13: <laughs> the world's How most famous How can we forget Bronco. it?
1: <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank well, you so if there's much. there's a
13: winner, it's always in Ford.
1: Ah. <laughs> Thanks so much, John.
13: Okay, look forward to the shopping report.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we're going to skip right over to Stu.
4: Okie dokie. Uh, Robert in Annapolis, Maryland, who is our uh, one of our vigilantes up in Maryland. Uh, it says good morning everyone Uh, with the resurgence of another another covid wave would it be a best practice for you to turn off the recirculated air on a vehicle's air conditioning on a test drive as an added measure to reduce the spread um, or also and shared rides such as uber and lyft thanks in advance
0: i think that's a great idea what do you think rick uh it couldn't hurt i mean uh if you especially if you're in their car with a guy with covid i i mean uh, so yeah, I think it's great. I, matter of fact, I asked uh, my air conditioning guy if I could do that in my home. And uh, apparently auto air conditioners are the only ones that allow you to do that. Yeah. I think some commercial air conditioners in buildings will allow that. But yeah, bring in fresh air from me outside.
4: I would encourage you to roll all the windows down and wear masks.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> but I think it's a serious question. Yeah. And a serious and answer would gloves. be, yes, it's a good idea to recirculate. Yeah.
4: Um, This is another text here, it says, uh, Rick, I have a brand new 2020 Honda Passport, and I have had problems with the infotainment system. It periodically shuts down without warning. Everything goes black. Then I get an error message saying service unavailable, and then the system boots back up. Honda dealer can't reproduce the problem, and so far hasn't been able to help me. What are your thoughts, Rick and
0: Earl? Well, I'll go first, because I'm not the technical guy, but I'm a business guy. i go to another Honda dealer, and then, uh, and then I'd go to another Honda dealer uh, until someone can fix it. And then I'd even uh, use the uh, L word, uh, Lemon Law. And I would suggest that if you can't fix this, you're going to be getting me another car. Uh, and, of course, call Honda directly. But uh, uh, it's just inexcusable when you bring a car to a franchise dealer and you have a serious problem like you just described, and they say they can't help you. Uh, that's just... Uh, uh, that's unacceptable, and you need to you need to get a dealer that knows yeah. what he's doing. I
4: look online too. Rick's always suggesting checking out the yeah. forums and things like that.
0: Yeah, well, well from online will verify a problem, but it won't tell you how to fix yeah. it. And when a dealer says, "I can't fix the car that I'm franchised to service and sell," you've got a real problem there. For me, step number one: set up your phone
5: to record video of that radio, Great idea. and so that when it occurs, because obviously it's intermittent but when it occurs, you've got video evidence of it. Yeah. Uh, then you take that to the dealer and say, look, here's what it's doing. Great, great Step idea. Step number two, I would go online and Google for technical service bulletins for the Honda Passport for any radio issues, which sometimes is just a software update, yeah. and they may not be you know, doing due diligence and checking for those themselves, which they should be. And number three, I would check in the forums to see if someone's had a similar case, and if they have what was done to fix that one, and of course, like you said, I would definitely check with another, a different dealership sure. and say, look, I've, I've been having this problem. It's a brand new car. I want it fixed. And remember, polite persistence pays off.
1: Absolutely, great advice. Uh, we are going to go to Paul, who's giving us a call from Missouri. Good morning paul
14: hello how are y'all doing today
1: great welcome
14: oh uh, i got a question for you i'm uh, i'm in a position where i'm gonna be buying a new toyota and uh i've for lack of a better word i've been pretty well uh i don't want to say this i've not had good experiences with cars that i've bought i paid too much for them all that kind of thing and uh, I'm going to have a hefty down payment on on a brand new, I'm looking to buy a new Toyota. My my question is, the sales process, do I haggle, if I want to haggle or talk about price and that sort of thing, do I talk to the salesman or do I talk to the finance manager about those kind of things?
0: Well, you're, you're always better if you want to haggle, which I, if I were you, I wouldn't want to. Uh, There are better ways to buy uh, new Toyota or any other kind of car. Uh, Are you familiar with a company called True Car, T R U E C A R? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Go online and uh, check the True Car approved Toyota dealers in your area in Missouri. And uh, you can probably find a couple, uh, and it would be over a, a wider spread of geography. But find the first one, be the nearest one to where you live and mm-hmm. you can go online and they will give you, uh, they're gonna, you're going to have to give them your contact information, you can make it up if you want to, as long as you have an email address that will reach you, and they will give you that car dealer, that Toyota dealer's uh, price, including any extra fees or extra accessories. So that will be his best price, and then you can take that price to another Toyota dealer and say, if you'll beat this price, I'll buy it from you. It gives you a starting point to at least get a reasonable price. It's not necessarily the lowest price you're ever going to get, but you can use it to get an even lower price. My second question is do you have a Costco uh, warehouse anywhere near you?
14: No, sir, I don't. Not that I know of.
0: Okay, we don't have to have a Costco uh, if you want to join it. I just mentioned that because the Costco auto buying program is an excellent one. They will give you Toyota uh, approved dealer, Costco certified approved dealer, and the location. You have to go in to the dealership, unfortunately, and you ask to see the Costco price sheet, and they will give you a very good price. So that's true car and Costco are, to me, much better alternatives than going in there and haggling. But if you want to haggle, I would haggle with the sales manager directly. And if you're going to haggle, you also have to go... at least three dealerships. That's a lot of work because you're going to use a lot of shoe leather and gasoline driving around but it'll take you longer but always get at least three competitive prices and if you can haggle with a sales manager, do that.
14: Okay. Uh, Another question I have real quick is uh, if you don't buy all their uh, uh, their, uh, extended warranties and stuff like that, are they less likely to work with you
0: on the price or I wouldn't let them know that. Uh, I would get my best price before I even talked about it. In fact, I would even lead a car dealer to believe that I was going to finance with him. And uh, the car dealers today make more money, by far, financing the car than they do selling the car. Uh, latest report came out, AutoNation, the largest retailer of cars mm-hmm. in the United States, just came out, they're publicly traded, so their uh, numbers and their accounting is all public. Uh, they're making—I can give you an exact number. In the last quarter, they made, on the average, on the average, $2,154 on every new car and used car they sold, average. And that's only—that's not just the ones they finance. That's every one. Sometimes they didn't finance a car, so that would mean that the average, the average on the cars they finance, they're making probably $3,000 or $4,000 on those cars. Whereas when they sell the car only make about 500 so uh, you want to be uh, you, want, you, you want to keep it a secret that you're gonna not finance with them and you definitely shouldn't finance with them by the way but if they think they're gonna have a shot at you to make a big fat profit in the defense department they're likely to be more lenient with you in the price that you pay up front so you would get a lower price by them thinking you're going to get financed, and then you could say, "Surprise, surprise, surprise!" I'm going to use my credit union or my bank.
14: Right. Okay. Well, what I was talking about was there. Uh, uh, there are uh, like the uh, extended warranties and yeah. that sort of thing. If you don't buy that, they still have to treat you like a customer if you have problems with your car and all oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: They, again, okay. it goes with the same theory of financing, selling the extended service contract. If they think they can sell you one, they're likely to be a little easier on you in the price during the negotiation. And then you can, then after that, if you decide you're not going to buy the extended warranty, then you just say, I changed my mind. I don't want to buy one.
14: Yeah, And you just stand firm on that. Yeah, and, just, they, yeah. and you've yeah. got the out-the-door price then, and, and yeah. there's nothing like
0: it. There's nothing they can do. They're not going to lose a sale because uh, you changed your mind about the warranty. They won't do that. Okay.
14: Alright. Well, uh, I appreciate you. You all have become an addiction every Saturday morning for me. I'm sitting out here at the park. Uh, You all ever make it up
0: to Missouri? Uh, No, but uh, I think Nancy has a daughter out there, don't you?
1: Yeah, she stays out there from time to time.
0: uh, Consider being a vigilante for us out there, Paul. I mean, uh, you you can check it out on earlsvigilantes.com. We're looking for representatives around the country. We don't have a vigilante in Missouri yet. And we're trying to get all 50 states, and that way you can uh, consult with people that are having difficulty in dealing with dealers, and you can contact me directly or or Nancy, or Rick and get some answers and help help your fellow Missourians out when they're buying or maintaining a car. That's right. Yeah. Show me. I might, yeah. I
14: might Show do me, that I, Okay. I figure out how to do that myself. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate I'm pretty dumb when it comes to stuff like that. Well, anyway, son- I appreciate all that you do for us, and uh, and uh, I enjoy listening to y'all every Saturday morning.
0: Thank you, Paul. Thank you. you
14: God like bless y'all.
1: You sound Thanks. like an auto expert.
14: Well, I'm not. That's <laughs> the big lie going into all this, and it scares me to death. We'll
1: get you there. <laughs> Just keep <laughs> listening. Well, well you continue y'all. to listen. And uh, we appreciate your call. Stay in touch. Let us know okay. how your uh, how the transaction went. We know you that okay. you are the show me state. Thank you. Yes. <laughs>
14: well, one more question I have for you, real quick? Mm-hmm. Sure. Is it a good I- is it a good idea to go in with your credit score so they don't have to look it up? They can maybe do a deal based off what you looked yes. up yourself. So, it is is that a good? Yes, idea? Yes,
4: absolutely. Uh, go in there. Um, before, do not let them run your credit until you're until you're comfortable with everything. Um, but if you can get your credit score from a service, and you just and you let them, hey, listen, I know my score is blank. Work up your deal based on that.
14: Okay. And if my wife is going to be a co-signer or you know, her name is going to be on the title too, she probably needs to have her her credit score as well, right?
4: Uh, that'd give them a better picture. Um, you can still get a, you know, just a, a working deal to see where you where you are um, if, uh, if If you guys have you know good credit, you can say assume excellent credit or assume a certain score and just give them a, have them give you a hypothetical
0: but Paul, uh, oh, just remember your your bank and if you're a member of a credit union will give you a lower rate unless you're buying a manufacturer's subsidized interest rate Toyota and Honda, and all the manufacturers now incentivize lower interest rates. Those are legitimate. You can get 1% or uh, 0%. That's legitimate. But if, but if it's not a manufacturer's initiated special low interest rate, you're going to do better at your credit union or your bank.
14: Okay. All right. All right. I, I think that answers all my questions, and I'll be calling you back. you kind of hard to get a hold of, but uh, I kept persistent.
0: Thanks, Paul. So I appreciate I, your persistence. Again,
14: Yes, in, thank
1: you. And, Polly, oh, if you can't remember all the information that we gave you, uh, our show is recorded, so you can uh, take a look at www.youtube.com or on cars. Jot down all that information. That will really help you. But please give us a call back and let us know how your transaction went.
6: Okay, I will do
1: that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now back to Stu.
4: All righty. Uh, this is really interesting. Everett texted us. Uh, So, good morning, still love your show. I heard on a radio news report something about uh, Florida and the state of Florida, a recall incentive for recalled Honda Takata airbag automobiles. And he wants to know, will this incentive be extended to Toyota and other makes? Uh, I hadn't heard of that, so I Googled it. And last month, it was actually Ashley Moody announced this, our Florida attorney general. um, And it appears it's only for Honda. So, there's about 50,000, 52,000 Floridians available. And if you've had your... Honda, Air, I mean, if you're the airbag, Takata airbag replaced on your Honda vehicle, um, you can be, get reimbursed or get an incentive uh, a debit card worth anywhere between 50 to $150 and it can be activated once the airbags are replaced. So this is an incentive to get people, I'm sorry, you, you get the card and it gets activated once you get the airbags replaced.
0: Now mm-hmm. that is great. amazing. Yep. I'm, uh, uh, we should have known that, but that is great information. Mm-hmm. And uh,
4: Honda or Acura. Which are the same, but yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, in a way, it's kind of a sad statement that you have to pay somebody twenty-five dollars to, to save their life. Save their life, but uh, if it works, as and I salute Honda for that. I wish all the manufacturers would do that. You know, the strange thing, I think it's going to work. Uh, we have a
4: yeah. We we have an example in our in our dealership <laughs> with with COVID testing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting. Uh, excuse me, Stu. We're going to go to uh, Delray Beach where Scott. Is holding. Good morning, Scott.
15: Good morning. Welcome. I was I was coming home from work this morning, and I heard a part of your show about the paint issue, and I wanted to call and tell you that I have a 2013 uh, Kia that had um, surface rust on the uh, just above the windshield uh, of the front of the vehicle. And it's interesting that I took it to my local Kia dealer that we purchased from in Delray, and they basically said, good luck. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they weren't going to help. Um, I then took it to a bunch of um, different shops around here, and nobody wanted to even touch it. I finally found a shop that gave me a, fairly decent price, and I had to sign a paperwork that said that I understand that the uh, windshield could break when they pull it out, and I'd have to pay for that. I understood that I, there was no warranty or guarantee on the work, um, and then I heard um, you guys saying that maybe uh, you could contact Kia directly on something like that. Now, I, I apologize because I didn't hear the entire discussion this morning. Um, well, I was just curious if this was something that you all have uh,
11: dealt with.
0: God, a rust, surface rust, isn't what we were talking about. Uh, surface rust on a 2013 vehicle, I'm afraid they, they'd be after to you on uh, environmental issues. Uh, with the paint was worn thin. Uh, the rust warranty on a car is only on rust that comes uh, underneath the paint. If the rust comes from the outside uh, surface rust, as you described it, uh, then it's not really... uh, Usually the warranty covers perforation, so if it goes through
4: the... actually starts eating into the metal and it perforates, that's when it kicks in.
0: So you'd have an uphill battle on that, and uh, uh, we were talking about something called a delamination, which is actually a defect of the paint, and the paint, it looks uh, fine guess. on the outside, or it can look fine, but it will peel off eventually. starts to bubble Right,
15: because it's coming from underneath. Understood. Yeah. I was actually pretty lucky. I found a local uh, collision shop that uh, yeah. did the work. They didn't break the glass, and uh, it was surface rust so it yeah. didn't go down into the channel of the glass or anything so we were actually very lucky uh, yeah. but I did wanted to touch base with you. Thank you for that information and thank you all for your show I enjoy listening uh, each morning on my Saturday morning on my way home from work
0: thank and
15: you. please everyone stay safe, wear your masks.
0: You too Scott, good idea
1: Thank you so much Scott We enjoyed your call. Alright Keep listening. Bye well, I think we're going to run back to Stu
4: Yes, we are. Okay. Um, We have a text uh, from, let's see here, from Bob, Um, he wants to know, how often should you change your oil if you drive a car less than a thousand miles per year?
0: Well, Rick could do that because uh, that's a very uh, misunderstood issue, isn't it?
5: Uh, Most manufacturers still recommend every six months or, actually I beg your pardon, every six months for tire rotations but it's about once a year now on synthetic oil and if you're really not driving much the tire rotation doesn't become that big of an issue but the oil change still should be done about once a year because the the contaminants and moisture in the air can begin to collect inside the engine and the oil is what cleans all that out and helps get it out of the engine so it's it's still a good idea to do it once
0: a year. and yeah, it's an especially good idea when the car is under warranty because uh, you technically, you're supposed to maintain your car by the owner's manual recommendation and that is exactly what uh, the recommendation is. Time and mileage, it's either or. So if you're a low mileage driver, you still have to use the time guideline and as Rick just said, for synthetic oil, it's one year. Even if you put 25 miles on the car and it sat there for a whole year, You're still supposed to change your oil once a year because of the humidity and the, what is it, the contaminants in the atmosphere. And oil degrades for a lot of reasons, not just from driving.
5: And it's also a good idea to bring it in, let a qualified mechanic look over it, make sure you don't have any other issues coming up.
0: Yep. Okay.
4: Okay, uh, here's another one. This is from Shannon B. in West Palm Beach. She says, I'm planning to purchase a full-size truck. Before the end of the year, Um, I have narrowed my choice to the Ford F-150 and the Chevrolet Silverado 1500. What's your opinion of these trucks? Please help me make my choice. That's from Shannon.
0: I'll I'll give a uh, shoot from the hip. I'll say the Ford. Uh, The Ford is, uh, I think, uh, pretty much considered the standard in the industry. Mm -hmm. One of the best trucks, and uh, Chevrolet comes in second. Uh, Consumer Reports would, uh, I check with Consumer Reports, but I think they would confirm that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Shannon, like uh, th- I believe it was last month's Consumer Report. Uh, that's a great way to go. Great suggestion from Earl, and that will give you all the information that you need. So go to Consumer Reports.
4: No, he um,
1: Excuse me, Stu. Yeah. We're going to go to Frank and Jupiter Farms. Good morning. How are you, Frank?
11: Well, good morning, Earl, Nancy, and the rest of the gang. As always, it's a it's a good day, especially when you see another sunrise.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two in a row.
11: Yeah. A a couple of quick questions. In regards to um, my girlfriend's um, Amory 2008 Lexus RX 350. On the top of your head, do you know how many quarts of oil that takes for an oil change?
5: What was the year? What was the uh, car again? One more time.
11: 2008 Lexus RX 350
5: should hold about five and a half on the 350 because it's a 3.5 liter engine.
11: Okay, okay, very close. Here's the other question. Um, We went in for a place and we unfortunately didn't take it to your dealership this time. We tried something a little closer. They did an oil change and they rotated the tires. Since we, um, and then they charged us for an extra quart of oil for $12 because they said it told six quarts, which I thought was unusual, but anyway. Since we got the tires rotated, it has a pretty heavy pull to the right. And let me add a little something else before that. When we, um, when we um, had to left the car there, the, one of the guys called and said, oh, you're, we did a battery check. Your battery needs to be replaced. It's gonna be $150. And I said, no, that's okay. We got a battery, you know what I mean? And so anyway, they were really disgruntled when we picked up the car and did not have um, um, pay for a battery. So since we picked up the car and now it pulls to the right, I'm just curious, just curious if we bring it to you guys, you know, this week and get the alignment checked and done, of course, Um, can you tell if anything has been kind of um, fooled around with making it what a pull or is it just possibly by rotating the tires could cause that?
5: It's the tire rotation. 99.9% of the time a tire pull is caused by what's called tire conicity or Mm -hmm. rolling resistance. And the first thing that we're gonna do is take it for a drive to verify, swap those two front tires left to right, drive it again, and odds are it's gonna be fine.
11: Wow, okay. Let's talk about that we can always learn something new every day, and I, I, you just proved that point for Frank Nash. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, You're very well, welcome.
11: I, I'll let you guys get back to the other customers. As always, um, we totally enjoy your show.
1: Thank you very We Thank enjoy you, you, Frank. Thanks for the call. Good luck. I think
0: it works on YouTube, he's been sitting on for a while over here.
1: Yeah, I got
5: a kind of interesting one. Uh, Naked One says, Hello, Earl. What do you think of the high horsepower cars and trucks? Uh, like a thousand horsepower, seven hundred RAM TRX. Do you think there will be a government limit at some point as to how powerful they can make these different cars and trucks? The muscle cars like the the challengers in yeah. that and these heavy trucks that are hugely overpowered
0: you know they've been talking about that for uh, as long as I've been a car dealer and uh, there seems to be an appetite for horsepower I think it's largely with uh, uh, men with uh, too high t- testosterone I'm not sure what it is that's an
5: interesting way to put it,
0: <laughs> I, it well, existed existed with me when I was 18 <laughs> years old and now that I'm 80 I don't I don't want the 1,000-horsepower car anymore. so Maybe there's some sort of correlation. But, uh, no, I think uh, uh, because the men make the laws, uh, they'll probably consider, you know, 1,000-horsepower cars really cool. I read about it, and I I look at the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, uh, every time they come up with a huge, high-horsepower SUV, truck, uh, sports car, you know, the more horsepower, the better. And even now, here we are in the age of uh, electric cars, and everybody's really excited because you can go 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds. Now, why the hell would anybody want to go <laughs> 0 to 60 in 1.9
4: seconds? It feels good. Yeah,
1: uh, You know, I like the way you referred to that. You defined testosterone yeah. i think you've been hanging with me too long
0: yeah <laughs> anyway uh, is
1: that megan
0: that i don't have a fast megan. one and i got you know,
4: well, I good got
1: for you T. megan <laughs> that's a great question
0: <laughs> I mean, no I, when i was younger i really oh, enjoyed no, wait it wait a minute what about that yeah. tesla we were in yeah I, well i gotta admit there's i got a little temptation but you, you, there, you loved it still a little fire in the furnace you're, you're scared there. you're just scared
1: yeah. Uh, I saw those horns coming out, and you were behind yeah. the wheel. I think, I
4: think Nancy threatened you if you got a Tesla. That's what I think. Yeah.
13: Huh?
4: It's kind of like I think you threatened him if you bought a Tesla, you know your life would be in danger.
13: <laughs>
0: it's
4: like when I
13: go I'm a seasoned
1: out and driver with the, him. I order the great Our big steak. Passenger.
0: I, I order the steak, but I just can't eat it. I mean, it's just uh, uh, the idea of a 500-pound, 500-pound, 500-horsepower Hummer. You know, I, uh, my mind says. That's cool. And then my brain says, that's really stupid. And so uh, my brain wins the arguments now.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, here you are, taking
1: charge of a two-ton. <laughs>
4: that's the goal. That's the goal in growing up, have your brain start winning. That's, that's yeah. the, I like that.
7: Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Megan. We loved hearing from you. <laughs> I hope we answered your question. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right, we have some anonymous feedback we can get to. Uh, first one I got here, it says, says, uh, what is the invoice price on a $40,000 RAV4 hybrid? Is this a good starting point for negotiation? Uh, the supply seems to be low here in Denver. Any idea what the reason might be at this time thank you i can I can address it um, oh, sure. the uh, well first to answer your question invoice price on a forty thousand uh, dollar rav 4 hybrid is oh gosh, I just had it up there right in a second it's it's about uh, oh gosh, I lost my place it's about thirty eight uh, about thirty eight thousand dollars but at invoice there's also about two thousand dollars worth of holdback in there um, it is not a high supply vehicle um, it's more available than some like let's say like a highlander hybrid um, but you know we stock out of a say, uh, 40 50 uh, force in stock about 10 to 14 hybrids and we are actually you know currently at, at our dealership where we're selling for about 700 over invoice right now um, but i would recommend Skip in the whole negotiation game, whether you 're in Denver or anywhere in the country, try, try true car and do what we say on the show every week, just, just try and compare several different dealers and then give the shot to the guy that gives you the um,
0: gives you the lowest price um, and just so the new listeners we've said this before invoice is the worst source of information to make a buying decision yeah. invoice sounds like the cost of the car. it sounds like it may be at least near the cost of the car. The fact of the matter is, on average, more cars are sold below invoice than are sold over invoice. When a dealer gets an invoice from the manufacturer for the car that you bought when he got that invoice, uh, he got kicked back thousands of dollars after the fact. And the kickback is profit. Mm -hmm. They call that cost an invoice. It's a lie. Invoices are a lie. They do not show the cost of the car. If you have to use a, a measuring stick, get the MSRP. It's the same, and then you get the maximum discount from that MSRP with three different dealers. Buy it from the dealer that gives you the, the best discount off of the same MSRP. But don't play with the invoice, it's too tricky.
4: It is, it's a shell game. If you look at uh, a Toyota invoice, for example, it'll show you the MSRP and then the cost. And the dealer actually does pay the, deal, the, the manufacturer that whole amount of the invoice. But then down below in a small paragraph, it'll list the, the holdback. And that holdback, for example, in the rav or hybrid that we're talking about, adds up to about $2,000. And that is given back to the dealer um, um, at the end of the month or and during the month. And it's not
0: just holdback. It's things like advertising subsidies, floor plan assistance. Uh, there, yeah. and then, you know, multi, there's a multitude of ways the manufacturers can secretly, and that's what it is, secretly give the money back to the dealer, leaving them, the customer, to think that invoice really has got something to do with what he paid for the car. Yep.
4: Um, next one, anonymous feedback. When you're haggling with a salesman, is it necessary to give them a down payment of anything to proceed to the next step? And I think what they're referring to is are these deposits. Unfortunately, and uh, we have a, a small version of this in our mystery shopping report. Yeah. Uh, it's used to, and I don't know why, I was trained this way a long time ago by Earl, yeah. <laughs> to when get, was, a, to get a commitment. If they make somebody makes an offer, somebody yeah. says, well, I, I'll pay you $20,000 for, for this car, and they go, all right, can you give me a deposit to take to my manager to show, you, yeah. to show them that you're seriously making a commitment to buy?
0: You know, back in the day, I'll tell you how crazy it was, uh, you know, 40 <laughs> years ago, it was, you always had to get a commitment. So the sales manager, there, they call them a, a closer, He's sitting in this little glass in office, and then you send the, the troops out to argue with the customer, and he comes back with an offer from the customer, because now we're haggling. He comes back from the offer. He says, did you get a deposit? He says he didn't bring his checkbook. Uh, well, did, did you? Uh, did he have any cash? No. I, says, I said, go get his watch. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you the sales manager would not talk with the customer. Unless they had made that commitment. Right.
4: And if you said, if he brings me a Casio, you're fired.
0: Just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a commitment. It's yeah. the way it used to be done, and it's the way it's still being done. If yeah. they
4: ask you to do that, I'll use Earl's advice, leave. And if
0: you ever do <laughs> give anybody a deposit for any reason, be sure that you verify it's refundable. Yeah. In the state of Florida, for example, uh, you should get a receipt. And the receipt either says it's refundable or it's not refundable. If it doesn't say it's refundable, technically the dealer doesn't have to give you the deposit back.
1: Great how things have changed for the better. Uh, We are going to take a quick call from Fort Pierce, and that's David who's calling. Good morning, David.
8: Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, you're loud and clear.
8: Very good. Hey, uh, is Earl, are you
5: servicing?
8: Yeah. Yeah, Is he familiar with uh, Jeep Grand Charities?
5: Uh, enough to stay away from them. <laughs> Sorry. I... Well,
8: okay. <laughs> nah, that's not what I wanted to hear, but that's okay. I have a question for you. Sure. I ran out of, I ran out of gas in mine one day. And I was stuck in the middle of a inter- busy intersection. And the first thing I did was put it back in park, got out, raised a hood in the, in the name of safety, mm-hmm. and uh, called somebody to come give me some gas. Well, in the meantime, some people came by and tried to... They were going to push me out of the way to a safer spot. Well, it would not go into neutral for me to push it. Huh. And I've gone to the dealer, and they don't seem to to have a solution for me. And I'm very frustrated. I've been trying to get a hold of Jeep. but It's like trying to get a hold of the Wizard of Oz, it seems like. (laughs) Oh, boy. nobody seems... (laughs) Nobody seems to have a solution as to what to do if you want to move your vehicle. If it ru- I asked them, I said, "What if I had a faulty gas gauge and I was unaware that I was out of f- running out of fuel and I ran out? Right. And I'm going down the road." I said, "What would you do to move the car? Because you can't move it in park."
5: Now, what what year's your ch- uh, Wrangler? Or, I bet you Gr- Grand uh, Cher- Cherokee.
8: Cherokee. Uh, it's a 2018, and it's got 19,000
5: miles on it. And it would and not let
8: you get from, it into neutral. I a, it would not. It will not go into neutral. And the funny part about it is I went back to the dealer, and they didn't
5: even want to walk outside and look at it. They just told me they'd check into it. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Somebody, somebody should listen, have come out and listen. looked at no. that
0: vehicle. That's wrong. Right, well, try, try, try this, Uh I believe that used to be it's probably still a regal Chrysler Jeep Dodge, but it was bought by a man named Larry Morgan, and his son, Brett Morgan, is the CEO of the Morgan Auto Group. All right. And you tell All him right. that you tell him that that uh, Earl Stewart told you to uh, call Brett Morgan about the problem, and uh, if but if you can help help him out, he won't call Brett Morgan, but just. Just use that name. Sometimes you just have to get the attention of someone, and the new owner of that dealership is is Larry Morgan and Brett Morgan, the Morgan Auto Group. And uh, you just tell them Earl Stewart's going to call uh, the father or the son and complain about your issue if they don't take care of you. Well,
8: the thing about it is, I went I went up and talked to one of the salespeople. Yeah. And we 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 went to a, one on the serving floor, 2020. Uh-huh. I said, see if you can get it in neutral without starting it. It wouldn't work. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if how do you get it in neutral if you're in a situation like that? I don't. If I don't believe. I, I don't
0: believe that that should be the case. And I think you need to get a technical expert. They should have said this. They should have had a technical person come down uh, from uh, you know wherever their office is, and and look at it now. Uh, I think uh, Rick's Googling, and probably Stu's Googling, and we're going to see if we can find anything on chat rooms or Google about uh, Jeep Cherokees not being able to go into a, you know outer neutral or into neutral uh, when they're out of gas. It just doesn't make sense.
8: Well, I was curious if Toyota had any, any,
5: any setup like that in any of their vehicles No. that you may
8: be familiar with.
5: Never heard of it. Well, the, the closest we have to that would be the Prius, where it's an electronic transmission with an electric park feature that if the battery were to die completely on the car that the 12 volt battery to where you couldn't start the car you cannot put it into neutral you can you the cars you have to have battery power but even on the jeep if your battery is strong there's no reason why that car should not be able to be put into neutral yeah
0: i think you're getting I some like bad. It. i think you're getting some bad information yeah. and you need to talk to somebody that uh, knows and uh, one way to get their attention is say you're going to call the boss.
8: Well, I've contacted the Jeep customer service and I've gotten no no response from them whatsoever. Shocking. All I want to do is uh, I, I don't even want to get into that. They were useless. So let me put it that way.
0: We'll call back next week Thank and uh, we're going to do some research and we'll hear if you have any luck and if not, maybe we'll have some research to help you out.
5: Well, I did just find a about a 30 to 40 second video on YouTube that shows how to put it into neutral.
4: Are you starring it? Starring in the video? Nope,
5: not me. (laughs) Uh, But it it shows, I'm I'm just watching it here now and it shows the guy uh, basically he's pulling up the little leather boot around the shifter and then hitting the button inside the override button with a pocket screwdriver. So all you need is just a very tiny screwdriver
0: yeah, we're going to have to uh, move along to the mystery shopping report, but uh, I'll tell you what, if you'll give us your email address, we'll send you that link uh, that Rick just found. And uh, just send it to 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And we, uh, but we're going to have to move along now to the mystery shopping report. Thanks yeah. very much for that call. Thanks,
1: David. And if you. Uh, no if you want to re- re-watch our recorded stream, you can go to www.youtube.com, Erlon Cars. Okay. Thank Mr. you Shodden so much.
0: Report, Roger Dean Chevrolet. Now, who wouldn't want to save $10,000? I've got a little picture here of the ad that we, we responded to. And $10,000 off, you know, on uh, any kind of car sounds mm. pretty cool. Uh, we, we do this looking for big discounts. Uh, on this show, we've uh, discussed it many times. In fact, we've even seen bigger discounts than that. Uh, the, uh, by the way, the reason for the Monroney label is to measure discounts. Uh, if you have that as a point of reference, you can choose the best deal if you shop at least three dealerships. We've investigated about every kind of car dealer bait-and-switch ad, and we usually know what the catch is before going in when we send our shopper. Typically, the really big discount makes a vague promise like up to $9,000 off new 2020 models. The operative term, of course, is up to, kind of like virtually. But the full $9,000 discount can only be applied to the most expensive vehicle. Typically, a truck, uh, SUV, Land Cruiser for Toyota has a huge margin, and they'll sometimes hide that in the fine print that the $10,000 discount is only available on one Land Cruiser, which maybe doesn't exist. What makes this uh, week's in- investigation interesting is that the really big discount that Roger Dean Chevrolet and West Palm Beach is offering is quite specific. $10,000 off MSRP on a new 2020 Chevy Trax, T-R-A-X, a small SUV. They even provide details in the ad. The MSRP is 22, 295 22295 and the sale price is $12,295 practically half off and uh, earlier we in the
4: talked show, <laughs> huh? Roger uh, Dean likes that whole half off thing uh,
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe it was Ghost maybe that was Roger's Ghost <laughs> right. decided to do this and uh, it's, uh, it's it is kind of humorous and I talked earlier in the show, I can't do it again we don't have time, but there was a big sale by Roger Dean and he did 50% off, and it was a riot at the West Palm Beach Auditorium. <laughs> Moving right along, there was some fine print that was very difficult to read. It looked like it indicated something about dealer retaining rebates, additional fee, stock number, but we couldn't be sure. Let me tell you something. When we can't read the fine print, yeah, well, you're, well, you're well, talking fine. I am print. getting
4: older. I mean, a few years ago, I, I could read it all, but yeah. it's. Uh, well,
0: I, I couldn't read it, and I was yeah. I was uh, had my magnifying glass out. We last shopped Roger Dean Chevrolet in the pre-COVID area way back in February. Oh God. It didn't seem like a decade ago. It does seem like <laughs> ten years ago. Then oh, there's so. now they were advertising a really big discount. I mean really big. <laughs> seventeen thousand dollars off. And of course the uh, catch was was on one vehicle of silver Silverado trucks had huge markups. The catch was pretty uh, straightforward. When a shopper tried to buy the truck, Roger, he just inflated the list price by arbitrarily adding $11,000 to the MSRP. So discounts mean nothing, and uh, you know if, if you don't adhere to MSRP, manufacturers just as retail price. You just add an addendum label. How much? Do you want a million-dollar discount? Okay, slap the addendum label on there. I'm marking it yeah, up market but the, value, but there wasn't even a
4: denim on this yeah. one. They yeah. just they just made the price on the bars order eleven thousand dollars higher. Yeah, and then
0: took the issue of a discount. Exactly. Right. So we sent an agent lightning, our female agent, the under, undercover shopper, to investigate this week's ad. Here's the report. I arrived right when Roger Dean's Sales Department was opening for business. Folded print out of the ad for ten thousand dollars of the new tracks in my hand. I approached three salesmen sitting around a desk. Only one. Of whom was wearing a mask. Shameful, truly. Oh boy. The mask wearer stood up to greet me. His name was Andrew, and he asked why I'd come in. It's a good thing right. that guy stood up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess they're going to sit around in a group, a huddle, one with a mask because he's going to talk to the customer. Now, the two that have COVID are talking to him. Right. I said, that makes no sense. I showed him the ad and said, I want to buy this car immediately, as if on cue. All three said, it's sold mm mm-hmm. like uh, unbelievable, it was just like they were trained, and they all said simultaneously, I like said a you're really parents, yeah okay. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I said you're kidding and asked if they had any more Andrew acknowledged they had another new tracks, but said that would be about four thousand dollars more now old school folks you're going to be hearing a lot of this term this is old school, more than the one in the ad. He explained that the ad car was a four hundred day old unit in over a year, and they sold it two days ago. Well, you have to take their words for that, right? Uh, by the way, the Federal Trade Commission says when you advertise a car, this is the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, when you advertise anything, whether it's a uh, toothpaste, cars, TV sets, you have to have a reasonable amount of the product available at that now They don't tell you what reasonable is, but I can tell you one thing: one ain't reasonable. Great okay. point. Um, so I said you're kidding and asked if they well all you're Um Andrew offered to show me what they had, led me out back I complained along the way that their ad was a trick to get a person to come in Andrew disputed that characterization and told me that this dealership was as transparent as they come yeah I can well, see right through you <laughs> well they used to be as transparent as they come but because they were, all dealers did business that way, Roger Dean Chevrolet is standing out now because most dealers don't do that, now. Now They do a lot of other bad stuff, but this is old school. Andrew sought to reassure me by promising that he was going to take care of me and get me the best possible price. Then he brought up the ad again. He said that the car was still listed. Listen to this. You're not going to believe this. The car was still listed. They're still advertising it. Because it takes about four days after a car is sold before it comes off the website. Mm. That ain't true. No. The reason for the delay explained... He keeps was, on going deeper, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the, reason, for that man. the reason for the delay explained was the time needed for processing of bank paperwork. I mean, that's just stupid. And, and so, here we have there's one thing about a lie and there's something else about a dumb lie. If you're going to lie, be clever about it. If you, uh, you know, who, who would believe either of those statements? But so here we go. Digging deeper, I advised Andrew I expected him to give me a price close to the ad price. Andrew was direct. He said he said he'd been there long enough to know that this was not going to happen. He said the 400 day old car was costing him money and had to be sold. It was a special case. Well, I'll tell you what. They could have sold it anytime they wanted to. They didn't have to run an advertisement with no disclosure or transfer. If you want to sell a car at half price, you sell it but don't advertise it and imply that there are other cars at the same price, which was exactly what they did. It's clearly uh, deliberate, premeditated misrepresentation. So we found a 2020 Chevy Trax, a white LS model with an MSRP of 2390. Andrew left uh, me to wait by the vehicle while he went inside to to get the keys. We took it for a test drive. Andrew told me a story about how he wound up selling cars in South Florida, blah blah blah. I wanted to stick to business. I asked him how many days his tracks had been in stock. He said he had no idea. He checked. Back at the dealership, uh, we entered an office, sat down. Andrew took my license and entered things into his computer. He asked me a series of questions. Was I a Costco member? And this confused me, maybe Stu can show no like I neither he, he said, Am I a Costco member? And had I been a Costco member for longer than two months neither one of us have any uh, idea why
4: there's you, no requirement that I know of
0: no, no. you can join Costco today and get an auto discount tomorrow we don't know why I asked that question
4: maybe it's a special thing with Chevy huh? it could be
0: I don't know what vehicle did I currently drive Do you want to know would I be trading <clears> in? what did I cl- plan to purchase uh, I answered his questions left to speak to and he left to speak to his manager uh, the manager was at a desk not wearing a mask Andrew appeared uh, to converse with the manager, who was typing away on a keyboard as he spoke for about eight minutes, came back to ask me if I had leased a vehicle in the household, and I said no, and asked why. And Andrew said there was an incentive available if I did have a leased vehicle in the household, in other words, whichever Chevrolet. He returned to his manager's desk. This time he was away for 15 minutes. It looked like he was uh, waiting for his turn to speak with the manager. When Andrew returned, he had a sheet of paper, uh, handwritten figures on it. He said that this particular tracks had a remote start, so it'd be a little bit more, he thought. I said I wanted to see something official, like a printed document. I said I had a bad taste in my mouth from the ad, and now this was starting to feel sketchy. Andrew said he will get me something printed, but he needed to know, listen to this, but he needed to know if I would give them my business if the price was right. So, you know, the old conditional. You want a good price? Are you going to buy the car? Are you going to give me your business? I mean, no sense in me giving you my real price if you're not going to buy it. Huh? I'm not going to give you my price unless you buy the I mean, that's just so ridiculously old school. I said I would, and then he asked me to sign the handwritten paper. <laughs> Commitment. You yeah. uh, give me your watch, your earrings. You're the female shopper. I want your earrings. Apparently, it's some indication of commitment. I signed it. Okay. Andrew left for 10 minutes. And 8, and 8, 16, 10, we've had 26 minutes of uh, exchange between Andrew and his manager. He came back with a printed worksheet titled Purchase Agreement, uh, which it really wasn't a purchase agreement. It was a worksheet, and uh, it was no legal... Or maybe there would not be... They call it the purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. I think that's sloppy on Roger Dean Chevrolet's part. The top line was MSRP, $23,090. The selling price was 20594 A hefty $804 in government fees. That sounds like a lot of money for tax and tag. Yeah, and well, that didn't nurse.
4: include tax. So I guarantee that's the electronic processing, uh, filing fee, yeah. tag <laughs> agency is, is lumped yeah. in there. And then, <coughs> they're not government fees. And they
0: call it the government fees. Was added to that. Then that came a $995 processing dock fee after sales tax was added and a $4,250 rebate was subtracted. The out-the-door price was $19,053. Then I looked at the worksheet or the sales thing and they had another fee. That was the, as you said, uh, uh, what did they have? Uh, the,
4: well, you have the worksheet and then there's the
0: true car one below there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had, yeah. Anyway, uh, Snaky, snaky, snaky all the way along. Uh, I told Andrew he was in close. I asked him how he could expect me to be okay with a price that was $8,000 higher than the ad for the same car. I know the car was older, but come on. Uh, Twice the discount. Makes no sense. He returned to his explanation of the 400-day-old car and how that was a unique situation. He said the ad should have come down, but it was the back office handled it that way, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, think about this. You have two identical cars, okay? Uh, so, you know, I think I think he said they have the remote start, but two identical cars. And that well, that
4: only adds 395 bucks, so yeah, yeah. So they're identical.
0: So, so you have one because it was older. They discounted an extra four thousand dollars, and you're going, but they're going to sell the same car to you hmm. for four thousand dollars more. I mean, it, it boggles the uh, the mind epilogue from the obnoxiously obvious bait-and-switch ad to the chicken-scratch customer commitment form. This was plain old school. We checked through a true car to see what a good price was, should be on this model, and receive an offer from Roger Dean Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Roger Dean Chevrolet turned out to be the true car dealer. The Roger Dean true car price was within a few dollars of the price given Agent Lightning. So it was there yeah. if they wanted to sell the car for a price. The bulk of the discount both the true car and the in-store prices came from a Chevrolet customer rebate.
4: Yeah, so I, d- I just wanted to point out with that, because it wasn't like Agent Lightning was given this great deal, there's a pretty good rebate on it. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. it's a low-priced car, so there's not as much markup as you'd normally see. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so that's the reason if you have a true car price, we say it's good in the sense there's no hidden fees, uh, it's, there's no, there's no uh, added accessories but it gives you a base for comparison for shopping uh, with other dealers. Don't use a true car price as the price you're going to write the checkout for. Use it to start your negotiation and go to at least two other dealers. But true car is a good uh, benchmark. You got a benchmark, otherwise you're flopping around. You don't know what's a good price.
4: Yeah, get you in the, you in the neighborhood. We have grades coming in. Uh, I will start with Linda, who was listening earlier, and she... Says lies, lies, and more lies. Big, huge F from Linda. And then also Jonathan Wellington says F, they're lying crooks. Shut them down. That's uh, very impassioned grading. Uh, Mark gives them a, an F, says deception. Anne Marie says only one person wearing a mask. Lying, bait and switch, leaves customers sitting there, handwritten agreement, fees, et cetera. It's all old school rudeness. I'll give them an old school grade F.
5: Okay, Rick uh let's see I've got Tim Gilliland no mask I'm out the door f okay. Donovan they clearly get an f here and Karen is this one is easy a big fat f
1: definitely a big f big I, f f
5: from myself f f f uh it's just f because I mean I just I, yeah wow. I go I'm gonna
4: give him a b I'm scared <laughs> <laughs>
0: What type of B? <laughs> uh, a, a B for We're big like F. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fail too. So I'm, I'm going with the flow. Yeah, it's been a Power while pressure. since we out an F. Yeah. I mean, we've been on a pretty good streak. We've mm-hmm. had uh, what? Uh, yeah. Two really good, two good ones.
4: Extreme swing between last week and this week. Uh, it couldn't absolutely, be any more different.
1: very extreme, very extreme. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the. This is the reason that, uh, you know, I uh, just uh, mentioned or, or when we began the show that there are still these people out there, dinosaurs, these dealerships that are just uh, unbelievably old school.
0: And if you want to buy a Chevrolet, you go to uh Schumacher Chevrolet, right?
4: Yeah, they're on the list, the good list.
1: Okay,
0: we're good to go? No,
4: you're great.
0: What? You're great. Okay. Oh, my great. I got a great. You got a great them. Of- yeah. I mean uh, thanks, you, are, you are great though yeah
4: <laughs> you're great, but we need your grade yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we got to we've got to <laughs> fail somebody that uh, premeditatively lies to a customer I mean it's just uh unacceptable i mean it 's not a curve you know, even we 're at the point now where we don 't see anything that 's bad normally, and i 've got Mark Ryan and
5: Wayne Vape coming in both with
0: F's. Yeah. we got about three minutes uh, just quickly, and I alluded to this earlier just a heads up out there, car dealers are focusing on finance and insurance income. They're making about $2,000 on every car they sell, whether they finance, on the average, so some of them they don't finance, that means on every car they finance, they're probably making $3,000, and I'm using round numbers here. So, remember, uh, the pressure's on the car profits up front, and and online buying is helping that phenomenon. So, buy a car, you buy it online, you use a true car for a benchmark, you can get a good price on, the, on that car. But don't throw all that away and go into the finance department and get, and get slam dunked with a three or $4,000 profit. So use your bank, use your credit union, and you're home free.
1: Stay away from the box.
0: Stay away from the box if you can, unless you have a manufacturer's incentivized interest rate. You
4: have yeah. to outfox the box.
1: Yeah. odd box, the box. I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We certainly enjoy your company, and uh, we will uh, see you next week. Stay safe. Have a wonderful weekend, and go Steelers.